0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of We, Us, and Ours. Happy April. We are so excited to have you here and to talk about the conversation that we're going to talk about today because it's a little little bit different, honestly. We are going to be talking about legacies. And the reason that we're going to be talking about that today is because there's a few people in my life that... Are no longer with us that have left a very big impact on my life. And if they were still with us, I would want to have them as a guest on this podcast. But because we don't have that opportunity, I want to talk about some of the amazing lessons and stories that have come from their lives, what it has done to impact me and just to impact the world. And I know that talking about People that are no longer with us can sometimes be a sad topic, but strap in. Like, this is going to be fun. I promise you, these are some of the best stories, some of my favorite and funniest stories of these three people that really hold a special place in my heart. I'm just so excited to share these with you because without these three people and the impact that they've had on my life, I know that I would be a very different person. Some of the lessons that they taught me, I know, will stay with me forever. I know we're coming out kind of guns a blazing with with this first one, but the first person that I wish we could have on my podcast would be my mom. And for those of you who don't know, my mom, Lisa, passed away in December of 2006. So I was 10 years old and she died of cancer. But that's not that's not how I remember her. I remember her with her crazy personality, her love of 70s music, her love of animals and care for people, and that has really translated a lot in me. But I think one of the the biggest legacies that my mom left with me at first was my love of all things in the sky if you know me you know i'm a huge aviation geek i get that from my mom who would point out planes when we were in our backyard as a kid because the international flights from o'hare were taking off every night over our house but also involved in the sky was thunderstorms and as a kid A lot of kids are scared of thunder. It's this big, loud, scary sound, storms, wind, lightning, thunder, all of it. It can be really stressful, especially for a little kid. And I remember this was one of the first real memories I think that I have was being a little bit scared of a big storm. Because in the Midwest, we get a lot of storms. You get tornadoes, huge thunderstorms. And I remember my mom saying, Charlotte, you don't need to be scared of thunder. Thunder is just God bowling. I stopped and I said, what? She said, yeah, thunder is just God bowling. And I have always loved bowling. So that took away all of the fear of of any big storm. And from then on, whenever we'd have big thunderstorms in the Midwest, my mom and I would sit at the window and just look out and every time there was a huge clap of thunder my mom would whisper in my ear strike and now as a 24 year old I still think of thunder as god bowling I'm like wow look at him rolling turkeys up there wow <laughs> and I think that there's something really beautiful behind that about taking the power away from fear and just picturing it as something else um It's something that I know that I will instill on my kids, and who knows, maybe one day, you after listening to this, your child will be scared of thunder, and you can just say, no. I heard once upon a time that thunder was just God bowling, and that's that's just who my mom was. She was a comforter, and just easy, easy to be around, and... I said a little bit earlier that she also loved animals and I'm a huge animal person I will cry at the sight of a cute puppy honestly I'm not being over dramatic here my heart I just love it but I remember distinctly we were driving to kindergarten one day and where my house was to get to school we had to cross the railroad tracks And the railroad tracks were right next to a train station. So what would happen would be if the train was coming from the train station the gates would go down on the track first but then the train would stop the gates would go up for a minute a few cars could go by when the train was in the station and then the gates would go back down as the train passed by. Well on this day in particular we were at the three-way intersection waiting to go across the tracks. The gates went down and my mom threw the car in park. She whips around to me in the back seat and says, whatever you do, don't get out of the car. And then she gets out of the car and starts running towards the tracks. And I was, I was five in, in kindergarten and I'm sitting in the back thinking, uh, what, what, what do you mean? you mean don't get out of the car for any where where are you going and she runs onto the tracks and I see her standing on the tracks on the side where the train is coming and she starts waving her hands frantically to stop the train and I'm sitting in the back going what and she's running down the tracks waving at the train and thankfully so the gates have gone back down at this point and the train had started moving but thankfully it had come from a complete stop so it it didn't have a lot of speed so it was able to stop again at my mom's waving it down being like no 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 stop the train and Everyone is looking. This is kind of rush hour in the morning. Rush hour as much as, like, suburban Illinois is. But everyone was waiting to cross the tracks. And we're all looking, thinking, what on earth is this woman doing? Including myself. And then after the train stops, like, middle of the tracks, I see her run back to the crossing, pretty much. And there were a family of ducks that were crossing and some of the babies couldn't hop over the tracks and they were stuck on the track where the train was coming. So this train was about to plow through some baby ducklings. And my mom said, no, 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 not on my watch and got up and ran and waved the train down. And so half of the ducklings and the mom had gotten over to the other side. So my mom scooped up the baby ducklings, brought them over. The mama duck bit my mom. Kind of like, excuse me, who are you? Why are you touching my kids? Not realizing, oh, this woman just saved my children from getting squashed by a train. And so my mom brought the ducklings over, Plopped him back down, waved for the train to go by, and the train went by. She ran back across the tracks, got back into the car, like nothing happened, and then continued to drive me to school. And I'm thinking, excuse me, what? You're you're just gonna get back in the car and act like literally nothing happened? You just ran down a train. It was absolutely crazy, but that was just that was the woman that my mom was. She cared for animals, and. That's what she wanted even at the end. Instead of in lieu of flowers, she wanted donations to the local animal shelter that she took me to a lot as a kid. I helped out with the dogs. We had a lot of dogs. And that that brings me to Ted. Ted was an elderly gentleman that my mom met at the dog park. Ted lived in a trailer park about half a half an hour from where we lived and he had kids but they weren't really in his life and they weren't really helpful and ted was reaching that point in life where you need you need a little bit of help and especially with his dog and his dog was a chinese sharpay which we had had three chinese sharpays if you don't know chinese sharpays are the really wrinkly dogs they're so cute but so ted had this chinese sharpay And my mom befriended Ted. And before you know it, regularly my mom and I are going over to his trailer park, helping him out, taking him to doctor's appointments. And this was before my mom got sick. And so we were just spending a lot of time there at one point under his trailer a cat had had kittens and the kittens were stuck under there. So we had to do this big Mission Impossible rescue to rescue these kittens. And then we dropped them off at the animal shelter. It was crazy. But it got to a point where Ted needed a little bit more help than what we could provide. And Ted's kids stepped in and they put him in a nursing home, which some people are fans of nursing homes, some people aren't. But with this particular nursing home, we found out that they weren't treating Ted properly. They were not giving him the right doses of of his medicine. They were not really letting him out and having some freedom. And my mom said, no, 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 this is not happening. We we will not stand for this. So my mom came up with the plan of, okay, how can I get Ted out of this nursing home? And (laughs) the nurses were not very happy with that plan. So they banned my mother from being able to visit and they came up with some BS excusing. Oh, you're not family, you can't come and visit. And my mom did not take that lying down. She said, mm, okay, Mission Impossible round 2. We're going to break Ted out of the nursing home." I'm probably 7 8 at this point and I'm thinking, you, "You're going to do what? You're going to you're going to break a man out of a nursing home?" She said, "Yep." And so she was banned. She was not able to go into the nursing home. So what she did was she went to the train station that (laughs) was the same train station where the train had been stopped in my previous story. And she went to one of the taxis that was waiting in line there and said, how much do I have to pay you to help be a getaway driver, essentially? And this man said, all right, I'm in. So He drove to the nursing home. My mom followed in her car. And she hid in the freaking bushes watching this whole thing pan out. And the taxi driver went in, took Ted, just put him in his wheelchair and wheeled him out and loaded him into the car and the nurses were like coming after yelling they're like you can't do this you can't take him and Ted of course is a little bit of a grumpy old man and is screaming some not nice things at them saying watch me and the taxi driver loads Ted up into the car and drove him back to his trailer park And my mom followed and met him back at the trailer park, got him situated there until she was able to communicate with the kids that he needed to be in a different nursing home. And the funny thing is that maybe a few months later, it wasn't that terribly long after, but my mom and I were in the city and we had come back and we didn't wanna walk all the way from the train station back home. So we went to go get a taxi to drive us back home And it was the same taxi driver. And he immediately asked, oh my goodness, how is Ted doing? And it was just, it was a crazy experience all around. But I remember watching this kind of on the outside panning out of, oh my gosh, my mother is about to break this man out of a nursing home. Like, is this really happening? And I think the lesson behind that is doesn't matter what situation you're in if you're not being treated right you have every right to get yourself out of that situation and if you don't have the ability to get yourself out of that situation by yourself call on the extra people of life around you you know it might be weird and unconventional you might get cursed at by some nurses at a nursing home but honestly it It's your life, and if you're not in a position that you feel comfortable in, that you feel is the best for you, you have every right to get out of that situation, no matter how you got into that situation in the first place. But the older I get, the more I can look back at these stories of my mom, and there's countless of countless stories. And most likely in podcasts in the future, I will share even more stories of her and the crazy fun bubbly wonderful person that she was but I definitely have learned a lot of lessons from this not just from her actually teaching me lessons but just watching the way that she lived her life the way that she took care of other people took care of animals really the a lot of the population that's vulnerable more at risk or helpless because again animals can't really speak up and say things and the duck can't wave the train down but you know she was willing to take that risk and flag down that train so it's it's really the the lessons that keep on giving and that transitions us into the legacy of a man who was very important in my life and his name was Scott Sanderson Scott, I, my father and I knew through church, and in particular, we became close with Scott and his wife Kathleen and their whole family after my mom passed away, because my mom passed away in December of 2006, December 5th to be exact, and for most people, you might notice that that's right around Christmas, so that kind of sucked that sucked a lot. Christmas is one of my favorite holidays. So to go from her passing to her funeral the week before Christmas, and then it's the holidays, you're like, oh my goodness gracious, I'm just in, uh, to quote Ron Burgundy, I'm in a glass case of emotions in not a good way. And it was just my dad and I. So we're kind of looking around thinking, all right, what are we, what are we going to do for Christmas? What's happening? and scott and his family said why don't you come hang out with us for christmas this year and we're thinking all right you know can't can't turn down an invite and my dad always jokes around that his favorite food is one that's prepared by someone else so he's like yep i don't have to cook christmas meal i am down and they only lived about 10 15 minutes from us but they have a really big family and we were the only real non-Sanderson, non-family members there, but it didn't, it didn't feel like it at all. I felt immediately adopted into that family, and Scott used to be a professional baseball player. He played for the Cubs, for the White Sox. I believe he played for the Yankees at one point. I think he played for Toronto, and I think Los Angeles Angels. Honestly, I kind of blend out after the Cubs and the Sox um but I remember that first Christmas I asked Scott because as a 10 year old this is a professional baseball player so I'm kind of geeking out a little bit I said Scott what was your favorite team that you played for he said come with me he brought me into the living room or the dining room and there was a little centerpiece of a sled with a big teddy bear in it and the Teddy bear was dressed as a Cubs player. And he goes, Does that answer your question? I said, Yes. If you, if you make a Cubs bear your Christmas centerpiece, I'm gonna say the Cubs were your favorite team. And from that day forward, I said, I'm going to be a Cubs fan. And I was. Still am. And whenever I think of the Cubs, I think of Scott. But that day, everything just kind of felt felt normal for me. And having just gone through a huge loss just a few weeks before, the feeling of normalcy was not wildly found in my life, and it was so appreciated. And I remember just having countless conversations with Scott, and he made you feel like you were the only person in the room. The way that he spoke to you, and never really felt the need to talk about himself, but always just to talk about you get to know you, what you are doing. And I remember he was one of the first people that ever started calling me Char. And a lot of people now call me Char. A lot of people know me as Char from Chicago. And Scott was the first person that really came up with calling me Char. And obviously that's a simple nickname that you'd think of, but I remember that with a term of endearment. Because even though I like Charlotte more than I like Char, I like when people feel close enough to call me a nickname. And for this big shot guy to call me a nickname as a young kid I just felt seen you know and it was it was incredible and I remember Scott pulled me aside with his son Patrick and he said Charlotte let me teach you a trick and he pulled out a can of whipped cream from the fridge and he like sprayed some in my hand and he sprayed some in his hand and all of a sudden he slaps his arm and the whipped cream goes flying into the air. And then he caught it in his mouth. And I thought that was the coolest thing I have ever, ever seen. And he said, okay, you got to try it now. And I hit my arm. It went flying. And I completely missed it. It splattered on the floor. And I was mortified. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry I made a mess. And he, he leans in and he goes, it's okay why do you think we have a dog? And so he called the dog into the room and the dog came and licked the whipped cream off the floor. And it was the cutest, it was the cutest thing. And now whenever I have a can of whipped cream, I honestly, I have to do that. I have to fling whipped cream into my mouth. And I think of Scott. Those, those holidays, it, it wasn't just one Christmas we were invited into the Sanderson family from then on and we spent multiple Christmases with them. And again, Christmas is one of my favorite holidays. So being able to spend time with a family, even though it wasn't my own blood family, was something that I'll never be able to fully describe how much it meant to me. And the family games, playing bingo and catchphrase, all of those things. It it just was nice to have a place that I felt welcomed and that I felt like I could call home, especially because the holidays were challenging from then on moving forward. Not only was it the anniversary of my mom's passing, but it just, there was that gap there. And Scott and his family really just said, we're going to walk through this with you. You are here. You are loved. You have a place to be. And it has inspired me. And I know that one day I want to build a house that is open for people that maybe don't have a lot of family, don't have a place to call home, don't have somewhere to go for the holidays, and show that same kind of love and support that the Sanderson's showed me. And I remember when it was towards the end when Scott passed and then at his funeral service, it was absolutely beautiful the outpouring of love from so many people from our church from the baseball community from just everyone was just amazing there was not a dry eye in the room and one thing that I remember from the service that really stayed with me was Scott used to talk about why me and so many people like to come with the the mentality of why me why did this have to happen to me the same thing you could you would have every right to look at Scott's situation and say why why him why an athletic faithful loving joyful man why why him why did he have to get sick why did he have to pass so young but Scott would talk about why me the other way why is it me that gets to be blessed with the big house with the athletic ability with the family with x y and z why me and it's so powerful to sit back and instead of playing the victim saying well why did this have to happen to me but think okay well why was I blessed with what I'm blessed with and how can I pay it forward to other people and Scott completely encompassed that mindset. He had a big house and it was always filled with a lot of people, both family and not. And I think that is so inspiring and has completely changed my mindset of, okay, well, I have a lot of re- reasons as a 24 year old with my life story to say, why me? Why, why did this have to happen to me? But to turn, turn it around, flip the script and say, why me? Why am I blessed to be in the position that I am, to be the educated woman, to be the traveled woman that I am, and be able to say, okay, well, if why me, how can I in turn use this to bless others? And that has been one of the most powerful life lessons I think I have ever learned. And I will always think of Scott when I see a can of whipped cream, (laughs) the game catchphrase, and really just when I think of why why me and of course every single time I am rooting on the Chicago Cubs I am thinking and cheering for Scott and that transitions into the third and final legacy that I want to talk about today and that's the legacy of my friend Joe Laurinaitis. Joe Laurinaitis was an amazing, an amazing man. I would say the grizzliest teddy bear that you could think of. And I say that because he was a Hall of Fame WWE wrestler. So not only was this man buff, he had a mohawk, tattoos, and his gimmick was the road warrior. So hawk and animal. And the face paint was so intense and the spiders and the spiked football pads like if I saw a man dressed as he was as animal running at me I think I would I would pass out I would die of a heart attack scary very very scary and tough and intense but he was one of the sweetest most thoughtful guys I have ever met and he loved the lord he loved his family loved everyone around him so so well and you may be thinking charlotte how did you get connected to a wwe hall of fame wrestler that's that's a very good and valid question And actually, a lot of people don't know, but I went through a very big WWE phase when I was in high school. I have been to 11 live shows, and it's a ball, truly. If you ever get the opportunity to go to a WWE event, cannot recommend it enough. It is like an athletic soap opera. It is so fun. But what happened was, my sophomore year of high school, my dad moved me from Chicago up to the Minneapolis area. And my dad got connected through another mutual friend for someone looking to do some business together. And his name was Joe Laurinaitis. And my dad stopped and said, Laurinaitis, that, that's an interesting name. Does, is he any relation to John Laurinaitis, the, uh, the guy at, at WWE right now? And my dad's friend said, yeah, that's actually his brother, And my dad said, Wow, that's so cool. My daughter loves WWE. And he said, Well, your daughter might be interested in knowing that Joe is a Hall of Fame wrestler himself. And my dad's thinking, What? So Joe and my dad got connected and started talking more. And when they first met, Joe had brought an autographed photo of himself for me. And he signed it, and it was super sweet. And my dad said, "Okay, well, we're gonna go get to meet him next week, and we're gonna go to Baker Square for pies." And I showed up as a fifteen-year-old. Oh my goodness! Our first picture together. I am decked out in WWE merch. It's kind of cringy. I'm wearing a CM Punk T-shirt and a John Cena medallion. Medallion. Who? Who do I think I am? Fifteen-year-old Charlotte. Pl- what? And I was wearing Randy Orton viper earrings. Honestly. Sometimes I wonder why I was single throughout high school, and then I look back at these photos. I'm like, okay, okay, makes sense. I can see it. (laughs) But Joe and my dad, not only in business, but they also started a real genuine friendship, and they started a Bible study together on Saturday mornings. And I remember Joe coming over one morning and bringing me caribou coffee, a banana cake, and a little breakfast sandwich. It was so sweet. Again, 15-year-old Charlotte had just moved to this new town. Uh, no offense, but not really a whole lot of people in that town were super nice and welcoming. Um, I lived in a very wealthy, uppy town. And if you were not from there, you were not really, really welcome. So the fact the, that this grown man is showing so much kindness to me, little 15-year-old awkward me meant more than I could ever ever describe and come spring of that coming coming year my dad was doing a lot of traveling for work and Joe called me one day and he said hey Charlotte I know that your dad is going out of town this weekend and I know that this weekend is Mother's Day so I know it can be really emotional and I was wondering if you would like to get dinner with me on Mother's Day with my one-year-old grandson And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is a blessing from heaven. Because I internally was freaking out thinking, emotionally, I'm going to be a wreck. I don't have a lot of friends in this town. And I'm going to be alone on Mother's Day. This is going to suck. And so when Joe called me, I said, yes, yes, a thousand times yes. And he said, okay, I'll come pick you up at six. And so he picked me up and he had his one-year-old grandson, Jacob, at the time, with us, and we went out to a place nearby in the Galleria called Good Earth, and we were hanging out there, and what do you do with a man in his 50s and a 15-year-old girl at dinner? You talk wrestling. That's, like, naturally. So we're having a great conversation at dinner, and we were talking about how this man was wrestling, and he was kind of newer in, and he was wrestling under the stage name Lord Tensai. And Joe said to me, Charlotte, did you know that he used to wrestle under a different name? I said, no, I didn't. Who, what was, what was his name? And he said, Prince Albert, look him up. And so very innocent 15-year-old Charlotte types in Prince Albert on her phone. And I'm trying to still engage in conversation. So I'm not really looking at what I'm typing. Type in Prince Albert. I'm still making conversation without even looking. I clicked on the first one, the first link that comes up when you type in Prince Albert. It was a Wikipedia page. And that was the day that I found out that a Prince Albert is a male genital piercing. <laughs> no lie. Clicked on it. Wikipedia had a large picture on the front. I yelped, dropped my phone in my hand. And this this was straight out of a movie. It was right at the time when his grandson dropped a fork. So Joe had leaned over to pick it up. And I'm just traumatized, frozen at my phone, looking at this, uh, Wikipedia page of a Prince Albert, just in complete disbelief of what has popped up on my phone, and the waiter, of course, walks up, looks down at my phone, and sees that, and goes, uh, and walks away, and I'm like, no, no, it wasn't, it wasn't, no, mm -hmm honestly one of the most embarrassing moments of my of my life I did not know how to recover from that the waiter looked at me weird the rest of the night oh my gosh it was truly horrific um but makes me laugh and at least I've been able to save a few people from situations like that because I had a roommate in college that got a bunny and wanted to name him Prince Albert and I had to tell her uh maybe you should think of naming him something else but I just I think back of all of the kindness that Joe showed me. And again, this this was a big dog, a Hall of Fame WWE wrestler, like a well-established man in his, in his 50s, and here's this awkward 15-year-old who doesn't have a whole lot of friends, who he doesn't quote-unquote owe me anything, and doesn't owe my dad anything, and he genuinely was, he just saw that I was new in this town, needed some friendship, and He was the perfect encompass of loving people the way that Jesus loves people. And not just to me, but to everyone that I saw him interact with. And Joe, unfortunately, passed away very suddenly um, this past year in September. And it really, it really hit me hard. It was, it was sudden. We weren't expecting it. And I... I find peace knowing that the separation is only temporary with with all of these three legacies I've talked about. I know that I will see them again. But I just think back of the legacy that that Joe has left with with me, with his family and just the WWE community. He he really just he, he shined. He shined. That was just his personality. And the way that Scott impacted the baseball community, you could see that at, at his memorial. Just how the baseball community was so impacted by, by him and his light. And my mom. My mom was never someone that was in the spotlight or really needed to be the center of attention. But she loved people well. She loved animals. She cared for people. And what all these three people have in common is that one, they loved others well, and they created safe places for people in whatever environments they were in. They created a safe and comforting environment to say, you are loved, you are seen, you are welcome here as you are. And I find that so beautiful and so inspiring and the way that I want to live my life both now and in the future when I'm a wife, when I'm a mom, when I'm a grandma, and when I'm in my career, in every aspect of my life. I want to be able to create those safe places, and I really hope that you all feel like this podcast is a safe place to come as you are. You are welcome here. You belong here. You are seen. You are loved. And this is an episode just me talking There's episodes where we have incredible guests and we just want this to be a safe place that you can come and just learn about the world, learn about some of the amazing people in it and make you think a little bit because reflecting on the legacies of these three people, I'm also left thinking myself of what legacy am I leaving and imprinting on other people? They say that you are who you hang around, and you become you become the people that you hang around. So think of the people that are in your life that are leaving a legacy on you, whether they are with us or not. Think about the legacy of just the way that people live their life and how that has impacted you, how that shaped you, but also flip the script and think, the people that hang around you, how are you impacting their lives? What kind of legacy are you leaving and imprinting on them? And are you, are you happy with that legacy? Or is it something you want to tweak and work on in the future? But I think it's so important to be mindful of how you impact others, but also just to acknowledge how others impact you and let them know. I'm someone who one of my greatest love languages is words of affirmation, so I love being able to share those thoughts with people and get that back to me. So my challenge for you this week is to think about the people that leave a legacy on you and reach out to them and tell them. You don't have to get all sappy like I like to get a lot, but just lean into it and just say I wanted to appreciate you and just let you know that I... I acknowledge the impact that you've had on my life and how it's helped shape me and I thank you for that so I hope that you will run with that challenge I hope that you resonated with these stories that you were inspired by my mom by Scott by Joe as much as I've been and I hope that you feel that you are welcome here that this is a safe place and I just hope you have an incredible month happy April Thank you so much for tuning in and we will see each other again very soon.